0: i just give a short talk about the Good Samaritan because we're looking at look, loving one another. That's the kind of theme we're in. And I like that song because it kind of says a bit that Debs was demonstrating with all those there, the walk on by. Let's just walk on by. Good. So I've got a question. Why do we walk on by? When we see someone in need, what stops us helping them? Any ideas? Shout them out. What's difficult about helping someone who, like the, the people, the person there who'd been done in by the robbers, what makes it difficult? I'm busy. You're busy? Yeah. A bit, A bit awkward or embarrassing? Or bit embarrassing? Awkward? Yeah. yeah. You're scared? Yeah. Good one. Scared. Any others? Frightened of getting involved? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to be honest, by the way. (laughs) Okay. One of the ones I think about is compassion fatigue. That's a bit of a big one, isn't it? You know, you open the post every morning, you got something from, well, endless charities, and you just think, oh, I can't do everything. So these are all very real issues, aren't they? So, I want to talk a little bit about this story we've just heard, this parable. And I love the way you did it, because it demonstrated something very clearly. Because when the priest came along, well, when Jesus told the story, there was a man who came to Jesus, and he was a lawyer. He was a bit of a clever clogs. He thought he knew it all. I'm not getting at lawyers. No, Uh, He studied the Moses law. And uh, he came along to Jesus and said, well, who is my neighbour? And so Jesus told this story. So there are two people, there's Jesus and the lawyer and they were real people. And then the story is about these four people. There was the one who was injured and then these three characters. And the way Jesus tells the story is really interesting because the three characters who come along, the story kind of progresses. So the priest came along and it says the priest saw and he passed by on the other side. And then the Levite came along, the next one, and he came to the place and he looked at him and then he passed by on the other side. And then the third one, the Samaritan, it says, he came where the man was and he saw and had compassion. That means he he felt love for him and did what he could to bring relief. So there's three different things. You can just kind of see it afar off and think, oh, no, nothing to do that. The next one sort of saw it a bit and thought, no, no, nothing to do with that. And the last one came right where the person was. And I think that's really interesting. So why do we walk on by? The parable has a real twist at the end because what the lawyer said to Jesus is, who is my neighbour? So Jesus then tells a story, but he doesn't answer the question. Not really. You have to read it later. Because Jesus says in this story, who was the neighbour to the one who was on the ground? So He's turning it round. He's asking the question back to the lawyer. Clever clogs it seems to me that Jesus was getting to the root of the problem, because probably this lawyer chap was quite a good religious person, he'd studied the law, he probably went to church every Sunday, he probably gave his tithes, he gave his money and this kind of thing. And it seems to me Jesus was saying, you're asking the wrong question, mate. You're kind of saying, who isn't my neighbour? Who are the people that really I don't have to help? because it's too difficult for me. That's kind of what the guy was saying. Maybe he's a Roman. He's a tax collector. He's a Samaritan. And I don't want to help those people. So who's my neighbour then? Who are the people that, that, that I can help and then I'll be alright with God? And Jesus turns it right round the other way. Who's heard of Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King? Yeah, Okay. Amazing chap. He was a Christian and he spoke, he lost his life actually, turning around the evil of. um, I can't even think of the word now. Racism. Thank you. My brain. I'm getting old. Yes. Amazing. And he, he, one of his last, well, it was his last sermon the night before he died, he spoke on the Good Samaritan. And I thoroughly recommend. You listen to it. You can hear it. And this is what he says. He says, The first question that the priest and the Levite asked was, If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Good Samaritan came by and he said, If I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Do you get it? Instead of what will happen to me, What will happen to him? And the next day, he was assassinated. And some people say that he was very prophetic, actually, in what he was saying. Because he was putting his life at huge risk for the cause that he was preaching about. We need a bit of that courage. (laughs) So the real question, I think, that comes out of this story that Jesus told is, who can I be a neighbor to? Rather than, who is my neighbor? So, now, why do we walk by on the other side? I think it's really interesting. With all the things in Scripture, you need to put them in a context. So, we tell the parable of the Good Samaritan, and we lift it out of Luke chapter 10, and we read the story, and we think, nice story. But, you need to put it in its context. So, If you read the two chapters before, this is what had happened. Jesus had stilled a storm, healed someone who had a demon, raised a girl from the dead, healed a woman who'd been sick for many, many years, fed over 5,000 people, healed a a child that was troubled by a spirit, And then in Luke chapter 10, the same chapter as Jesus tells this story, he sends out 72 people with instructions to heal the sick and say the kingdom of God is near. And they go out and they come back with tremendous joy and they say, even the demons are submitting to us. And Jesus himself goes into this hymn of praise to God saying, oh, this is just amazing. And then we have this conversation. My conviction, as I've been thinking about this story and how does it apply to me, well, first of all, the Good Samaritan can put us on a guilt trip and I don't want us to go there. What do I have to give to? Wrong question. My conviction is that if we really want to see God doing amazing things, like we read in chapters 8 and 9 and 10, then we need to get close and personal with the people who are in need. If we walk on by, we're never going to know even whether we have that compassion. If we take the risk to get near, then I believe God can use us. But if we walk on by, we're never going to know it. I met with various church leaders this week. They have a get-together occasion. There were 40 on this occasion from Bristol. And I heard stories. There was a couple, an older couple. They had a lodger to stay. And uh, this lodger, an 18-year-old girl, wasn't interested in God, in fact, thought it was all a load of rubbish. And she came to stay, and they just loved her and were good to her. And This lodger was only meant to stay for a week, but ended up the next thing fell through. So she stayed for five weeks. And they thought, well, we're going to invite her along to the church. And she came along. And someone preached, and this lodger thought, Wow, that's that's interesting. I think I'll talk to that preacher. She was very anti God. And this preacher said, Well, will you let me pray for you? I said, Okay. And this person just made a very simple prayer. And then he watched this girl. And she couldn't move or speak. She was just dumb. After a while he said, "Um, You "You okay? She said, I'm overwhelmed. I think that's God knocking on your door. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. He said, When I meet new people, I normally ask a bit about them or I talk to them. Why don't you talk to this God who's knocking on your door then? Sure. Well, what do you want to ask him? I want to know him. That was a start. It was a phenomenal journey. And it came about just because a couple had someone staying with them. That was it. There's another guy who told a story. He's a minister, actually. Not that it makes any difference. He happened to be walking near Bath with his wife in the fields. And he took a wrong turn and went into a field, and it was a no right of way. And this farmer came belting over the field in his four-by-four. Four, and he thought, oops, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Anyhow, this farmer said to him, oh, who are you? What are you doing here? He said, you don't look the sort to be robbing, because there's quite a lot of robbery going on around here. He said, no, we're not, actually. I'm a minister. He said, oh, right. You know, oh, actually, that's interesting, because I'd I think that's a load of rubbish. I'm a pagan. And tell you what, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I've got a solstice party with lots of people coming to my fields. Would you like to come? And they had this chat about various things and this thought, the guy thought, well, okay, why not? So he went along. And this farmer went around introducing him to people, saying, oh, this is a minister friend I met the other week. He was trespassing on my land. <laughs> Great, yeah, fine. And he just got into conversation. And they were sitting around this campfire and things and they were doing all sorts of things and singing songs. And this minister and his wife were there thinking, well, this is, this is interesting. And then someone chucked some plants at this minister, just nicely, just over the sort of campfire. And said, what do you think of those? And he said, well, yeah. What, what am I meant to think of these? And he said, well, it's hyssop. Oh, hyssop. Isn't that in the Bible, these people say? He said, yeah. He said, well, tell us about it then. And so, this guy, he knew his Bible. He talked about hyssop and how it's used in the Old Testament as sacrifices and how it's mentioned in the Psalms and how it so typifies what happened with Jesus on the cross. And these people were dumbfounded. And he's been going back since. And people are starting to say, Wow, that's amazing! Amazing. I could tell more stories. I love hearing stories. These things happened by chance. And if you read some versions of the Bible, when you start the Good Samaritan, it says, and by chance, this person was walking along the road, got attacked by robbers. By chance. And there's a lot that happens in our lives, I believe, that are opportunities to say this good news. So my provocation to us is this. If we want to see God doing amazing things, which I do and we do, (coughs) we're committed to that, aren't we? We want to see God do amazing things. It means risk. It means stepping into areas where we might be fearful. And some of the things we've talked about, some of the stuff that makes us want to stand back, actually, if we step in, I believe... God will then equip us. Maybe compassion will rise. Maybe we'll have a word for someone. Maybe we'll just be able to love them when they've never known love before. But if we don't step in, who's going to be that person's neighbour? I want us to be real. And my prayer my provocation is this week let's look for those opportunities and see what God will do to bring freedom to the captives release from oppression so the lame can walk the blind can see so people realise that there's a God out there who loves them and who wants to make them whole and well and what Jesus said at the end of the parable, he turned to this lawyer and he said, now go and do likewise. We can do it. Yeah. Do you believe that? We can do it. Now we're going to sing a song. And it's a great song. I am a city on a hill. I am a light in the darkness. Jesus living in me can change the world. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. I'm a city on a hill. I'm a light in the darkness. Jesus living in me can change the world. That's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) To see the world change for God. Let's do it.